Welcome to this week's message. I'm Malcolm Baxter, Senior Pastor of Heart Church, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you've been coming for years or it's your first time on the podcast, we hope this inspires you. For those of you who don't know, my name is Andy Southey. I am part of the staff team here at Heart Church. And hey, if you are visiting today, we're just, we're thrilled you're here. And I'd love just to extend my welcome to you. So glad you could be part of this service, part of this significant day for us. And in a few moments, it's going to be my privilege to open up the Bible. Uh, But before we get to that, um, I'd love to ask a question. Have you ever said anything that if it was recorded, if it was captured, could make the top 10 stupid things to say? There's quite a lot of us. Like, I think I could do the top 10. Top 100, anybody? Maybe you've got the top 100. Well, I, um, I have. I have. And um, it happened on the back of our honeymoon. I'm married to a wonderful lady called Ruth. And we just got married and we'd gone away to Ireland and this place called Kinsale. It was beautiful. We had the most incredible time. It was truly wonderful. And it was on our return that I got to Cork Airport, a small airport in Ireland where I was uh, making, making our return. And it was sat there that uh, I made my mistake. Around me suddenly appeared loads of people wearing tracksuits. And I was thinking, tiny little airport, what is going on here? And I noticed one of the badges on one of the tracksuits, the logo, I spotted it. It was the West Bromwich Albion football team. Now, to those who love football, those who don't, I have to say my interest dropped rapidly at this moment. No offense if you're a West Brom fan, but it's just the situation. But then I realized that at this moment, none other than former Arsenal, Real Madrid, PSG, Liverpool, and Man City striker Nicholas Anelka was currently playing for West Bromwich Albion. So suddenly I was a little bit more interested and I was trying to figure out, can I spot him in the crowd? And I realized that he was just across from me, this footballing legend. I was distracted. And this was where I made my mistake. I turned to my wife and I said these words, the most incredible thing is about to happen. (laughs) Now, when you've just got married and you're on your honeymoon, This is not the words that you want to come out of your mouth. But to help some people, there was an opportunity to still get out that I missed. The most incredible thing is about to happen, our lives together. There wasn't out. I just didn't see it. The most incredible thing is about to happen. I am going to have my picture with none other than... And she didn't listen to the rest. Maybe, maybe that one would make the top 10. But I had my moment. I had my picture with Nicholas Anelka. It was really an appointment at an airport that I didn't realize that I was going to be having that day. A truly unexpected meeting. And as we open the Bible this morning, I really want to look at a story of an even more unexpected meeting. The title of my message, this talk, is going to be Appointment at the Well. But before we jump into the scripture, let me just set the scene for us a little bit. We'll see at the start of this scripture that Jesus is about to walk through somewhere called Samaria. Not just some area. (laughs) 
I just had to. I literally, I've crossed that out in my notes three times. I'm still going there. Jesus was going through this place, Samaria. Now, the thing that we need to know for the backdrop to this is that Jews and Samaritans did not mix. In fact, Jewish people thought they were far superior to Samaritan people. It would be fair to say that you shouldn't interact, you shouldn't do business, you shouldn't have a meal, you should not engage with Samaritan people. And at the start of the scripture we're about to read, we see Jesus raised a Jew with a bunch of disciples, all raised Jews, heading straight towards a place where you would not find Jewish people. Scene set, let's jump into our scripture. John 4 verses 4 says this, now he, that's Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of the ground of Jacob that he had chosen to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? And at this point, his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? She was confused by the tensions that we've just discussed. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So the woman said, side problem, you have nothing, I did that bit, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everybody who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming to draw from this water. He told her, her, go go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right that you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but the Jews claim this place is where we should worship in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet, he says, and this is, we'll come to this in a few moments. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Wow. And then Jesus declared, I am the one speaking to you. I am he. And we will pause it 
right there in our story. In this moment, we see Jesus sat at the well and a Samaritan woman approaching. She did not realize that Jesus had booked in an appointment with her that day. She did not realize that Jesus was actually there to meet with her. I don't know if you've ever had that moment where someone texts you and says, hey mate, we still good for this afternoon. And you had completely forgotten about that appointment. Even worse, when you get the reminder from the dentist and they send their message through and they say, hey, looking forward to seeing you later for your 2.30 appointment. Ah, I'm not looking forward to seeing to you. I had forgotten about this appointment. The Samaritan woman had no idea that she was going to have an appointment at the well with Jesus' estate. And she approaches, doesn't she? And she asks the question that needs to be asked. Hold on a minute. Why are you, a Jew, speaking to me, a Samaritan woman? Good, good question. And Jesus speaks back and he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him to give you living water. Now, she makes a valid point. She says, sir, but you have nothing to draw with. I think this, let's just give her a little bit of credit in this moment. If we're talking about drawing living water, if we're talking about water, where's your bucket? That's what she's saying. It's deep. Where is your bucket? You're not going to be able to draw water in this moment. But Jesus answers her, and it's very interesting what he says. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water that will well up to eternal life. In this moment, there is a shift, if we've not seen it, from talking about H2O to talking about something much, much deeper. Jesus really isn't there that day to have a little bit of a talk about water. He's trying to go a little bit deeper. He's saying that water, this will satisfy you for a moment. But who knows? I don't know if you find it, but you have some water and after a little bit of time, you need some more. Jesus is saying that there are things in this world, things that will satisfy you, but only for a moment. Things that you can have, but they won't bring that lasting satisfaction. And what he's saying here in this moment is that what I'm bringing is something deeper. Jesus is, I'm not talking about the outside now, Jesus is saying I want to do something on the inside. Jesus talking about eternal life. He's really leading some good questions, questions that maybe, maybe we want to ask today. Big questions. How's, how's my soul? How am I doing on the inside? I don't know about you, but I put a lot of focus in thinking about how I might be presented on the outside. But the question that Jesus is talking about here is, what about on the inside? Not fully understanding the depth of what Jesus is saying, though, but maybe sensing some hope in his words. She's like, yes, I, I like this water. But then the conversation appears to take a bit of a turn, doesn't it? Awkward moment, even just reading it for me. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband. You are right. 
And then we're talking about five husbands and the husband, you, the, the man you're currently with not being your husband. What, what's all of this? Jesus knows all this about her. In this moment, I asked myself the question as I was preparing, is Jesus showing off? Is he confused? And he's trying to get his facts checked. What is Jesus doing here? In this appointment, at this well, what is Jesus doing? I want to suggest that he really is looking to reveal this woman to herself. That really he's putting up a mirror. Not to shame her. Not at all. Not to put up a barrier between him and her in this morning. But, but to, put, to point the finger to say, maybe there's some mess going on the inside of you. Maybe there's some stuff to deal with. And fascinating for me, the words that Jesus say are so powerful, but I believe there's a message being preached here by his very presence. What am I saying? I think it's really significant that Jesus knows all of this stuff about this woman. And yet he had put this appointment in place to meet with her. He knows about all of this mess and all of this stuff that's gone on in her life. And yet Jesus has an appointment at the well with her. Despite all these things that have happened. No, I don't know about you, but I was reading this scripture and I was thinking, wow, I'm so encouraged because like her, I've made mistakes too. Like her, I do and I do things on a regular basis that I'm not proud of. But I'm inspired to know that Jesus, knowing all of those things, will have an appointment at the well with me too. You know, I've spoken to so many people and it happened recently in a conversation where someone said to me, when I was talking about church, they said, oh, no, 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 Andy, I could not go to church. I couldn't go to church. If I went into church, I would be struck down by lightning because of the things that I've done wrong. Someone said this to me just the other day and I was thinking, oh, my goodness, The picture of Jesus that we see in the Bible is so far from this. That maybe this woman sat at the well felt the same. Maybe she felt like she would be struck down by lightning. Little did she know the posture of Jesus was such that he would sit with her in her mess. He would sit with her and posture his heart open towards her. You know, Jesus didn't just do this once. He made it a priority to sit with people like you, like me, who have made mistakes. No doubt feeling the challenge of the conversation, though, is really interesting where it goes. Suddenly, she diverts the conversation, I think quite impressively. She says, our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but the Jews claim that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. What do you think? I don't know about you, but I'm actually quite a good diverter. In conversations, I'm one of these people whose mind can go anywhere at any point. I'm married to someone the opposite of that, who helps keep my brain on the straight and the narrow. But this is a pretty impressive diversion. How did we get to talking about mountains and worship all of a sudden? No doubt trying to distract Jesus in this moment, but I love how Jesus handles it. And we read that he engages with her in this moment And he goes on to say in verse 23, let's talk about worship. He's saying, yet a time is coming and has come now when true worshipers will worship the Father. And this is the bit I want to highlight in spirit and in truth. 
She wants to talk about practicality. She wants to talk about locations and mountains and things like this. And Jesus brings it back to the Spirit. Jesus is saying it's not going to matter about where you worship. It's going to matter about where it's coming from. It's going to matter about the Spirit that it is coming from. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I think maybe I can divert Jesus. Maybe I can divert this appointment that he's got with me. I'll just crack on with my life. I'll just, I'll just try and ignore the things that I've gone on. But I love that in this moment, by his kindness, by his grace, he even engages in the topic that she wants to talk about. But brings it back to the thing that's going to have lasting impact in her life. Jesus is bothered about the heart. She goes on to say, I know that Messiah called Christ. He's coming. And when he comes, he'll sort all this out. Don't worry about that. He'll sort all of this out. And wow, then Jesus declared, what an unexpected appointment this day. I am the one you're speaking to. I am he. And as I was preparing today, I was really believing that for some people this morning that we were going to have some appointments at this well, at this moment in time with Jesus. And no matter your story, that no matter the things that you've done, no matter where you find yourself today, that Jesus is saying, I am He. I am Jesus. And I will sit with you at the well today. We heard countless stories today of people being baptised. People saying, oh, but this happened in my life and my life was a met, but Jesus, but Jesus. And I'm just believing for some people today that you're going to have a moment in your story, which you will look back on. Say, I had a moment, it wasn't a real well, but there was a service, an opportunity to have a moment with Jesus. And no matter the mistakes that I made, no matter the things that I'd done, Jesus engaged with me. Jesus met with me. And the story goes on. The disciples return and the woman just no doubt wrapped up in the moment. She leaves her jar behind, forgetting why she even came. And she goes to the people in the town and she says, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he still be the Messiah? And the people from the town made their way towards him. And the scripture says that many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of her testimony. How incredible. This woman's testimony, a story about Jesus starts to have a knock-on effect. And it goes on to say in verse 42, someone says, We no longer believe just because of what you've said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Not just a Jew. Not just a prophet as she thought at one point. But in fact, she was sat with the Messiah. The saviour of the world. Wow. Because the truth is that Jesus came to sit in these moments. Jesus didn't come to be distant from people like you and me who have made mistakes. He came to sit in the mess. So much so that his mission led him to the cross. To hang on the cross. To pay the price for my mistakes, for your mistakes. 
so that we could not just on one Sunday, but for the rest of our lives and for eternity, sit with Him. Leaving our baggage behind. That day she just left a jar. But for us, as we meet with Jesus, as we come to the cross where He paid the ultimate price, we can leave our mess behind. The things we've done that we're not proud of, we can leave them at the cross. And we can have forgiveness and grace and relationship with Jesus. My invitation this morning, I believe the invitation for every single one of us is, will you come to the well? I also felt for some people this morning, maybe some people and you'd say, hey, I call myself a Christian, but actually like this woman, I've been distracted by the things that don't satisfy. I've been distracted by the bits, the details. Maybe you've been trying to think think about the location you're going to worship in. You've been coming to church, but you've forgotten the source at the well. The reason you first came to the well. I believe there's a moment for some people this morning, right now, and you just want to, in your heart, come back to the well. Come back to Jesus right now and say, I'm sorry for getting distracted by those things, but I'm here to meet with you at the well today. Those who have been baptized today have been declaring that they have exchanged their mistakes, their their, their mess for a new life in Jesus. And I would love in this moment to give you the opportunity. Maybe you're here right now and your heart's beating and you know that right now you're far from God. And maybe the topic's gone a bit deeper than you thought it might this morning, but it's such an important moment for you. Right now at this well, in this moment, to have a moment where you sit with Jesus. A moment where maybe you, you put things right. A moment where you say, you know what? I've tried to do this life on my own, but I know I need you, Jesus. Opportunity this morning to have your slate clean, to experience and encounter the love and grace of Jesus. You know, with heads bowed and eyes closed, just to give people privacy in this moment, I would love the opportunity to lead you, if that's you, in a powerful prayer of knowing Jesus. A prayer to say, you know what? Would you do something on the inside of me? I'm carrying some baggage. I'm carrying some burdens. Would you take them from me? Could I receive that freedom and forgiveness of knowing Jesus as my Savior? If that's you this morning for the first time or maybe to recommit your life to Jesus, I'd love to lead you in a prayer of knowing Jesus. If that's you, just in your heart, pray this after me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and rising again to bring me new life. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I choose to follow you as my Lord and Savior. I say I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Today, I thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. And I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. And just for a moment more with heads bowed and eyes closed. If that was you this moment and you, you prayed that prayer, you said, that's me today. I need to put things right with Jesus. 
I would love just to count to three. And if that's you, you could just pop your hand in the air. Really is a symbol and signal to say, that's me. I've prayed that prayer this morning. And we would love to put a book in your hand if that's you and give you that gift. So just after three, if you prayed that prayer this morning, morning, mark this moment. Mark this moment. One, two, three. All across this room, just raise your hand. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Hands going up around the room right now. Just keep your hand up just for a few more moments while our team get to you. That would be fantastic. That would be great. This is fantastic. People responding to Jesus this morning. If you've got your hand up, just keep your hand up just for a few more moments. Our team are just getting to you. It's fantastic. People responding to Jesus this morning. Just a few more moments we're going to give people right now. This is fantastic. Just keep your hand up if you're responding right now. That's fantastic. One of our team are coming to you. Yeah, just over here, just down the front here. And just over here as well. That's fantastic. Just over on this side. Brilliant. A team are just coming to you if you've got your hand up. Don't worry. We're, it's just great to see so many people responding to Jesus this morning. Somebody fantastic. Amazing. Maybe you've engaged with this message online. Do not feel, do not disengage with this moment. You too, if you've responded today, we are celebrating with you. And can we church, can we celebrate? Everybody responding online, in the room this morning. Can we give Jesus some praise? Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Heart Church Podcast. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, I want to celebrate with you. And we have some tools to help you on your journey. Visit our website, heart.church forward slash response. To find out more about Heart Church, visit heart.church forward slash connect. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.